I'm saying goodbye. But I'm also saying hello. There are two people here, passing each other, and maybe exchanging a hug as they go through this doorway. And then the door closes. And that person on the other side is gone. Whoever I was for the last year is gone. That was me then, and this is me now. And I'll never be who I was. That's sad to me. I don't know why, but it is. Every new day is always the dying of your past. Birth of a future, joy of the present, but the dying of your past. I'm too sentimental. It's like a trap, because I love the things I've done, but rarely what I'm doing. Who I am is usually who I've been. But that isn't really who I am. Those two things don't compare. They don't match up fully. And because of that, it's hard to see sometimes who I want to be. I didn't... I did not want to make this. Uh, I didn't want to do this. This... This recording, this podcast. I mean, I do. Of course, I do. Because I feel like it's important. And I remember how important this used to be to me. But sometimes it's so personal that it's terrifying. And that fear can stop you. In a way, I've always looked at thought crime like an open journal. Where all the different facets of my personality could kind of come out and intermingle. And it's more freeform. It's more flowing thoughts. Some of it I might write down beforehand. Some of it I just might think about so much before I ever say anything. A lot of this was honestly that. I spent weeks just thinking about what this podcast would be, what it would sound like, what I would say in it, and how much any of that even mattered, or if I should just talk, because that's kind of what this needs to be, I think, more for me than anything else. It's not like I'm attempting to really get anywhere or go somewhere with something like this. I mean, part of what I'm doing making this public is because that is one of the aspects of myself that I struggle with the most, which is being okay with not being okay and having other people around me know that too. So sure, some, some of you might be listening to this and maybe you don't know who I am at all, and that's fine because... Maybe there are things that I struggle with or that I go through that you can relate to. And just having that voice might be a good thing. You know? But for those of you listening, 
probably a majority of you listening, at first at least, you're going to know me, you know, and you're going to understand at least kind of how I operate in a public space. So some of that might make sense to you and some of this might not be things you knew at all. I don't know. I guess we'll just have to find out. I decided to go with self-image as the topic that I would speak about because it's something that I've been thinking about more recently in the past few months and kind of struggling with in some regards. Um, in fact, the, uh, the way I opened this whole piece was something that I had written down. Something that I had been thinking about for a while, for a few months, and only in the last couple of days was I able to write something down that seemed to make sense for what I was feeling inside. And it's not a complete thought by any means. It's just one feeling, one aspect of something that was kind of getting to me. These last few months, I've been feeling this... I don't know, kind of like a, it's a loneliness, but not your typical average loneliness. It's the one that kind of strikes you when you're in the midst of people, when you feel like no one is seeing you or understanding you or really wants to connect with you. And if you can believe it, I started this this last semester that I was in, I, I I started it thinking that people had changed, that surely it wasn't me, but that I had just been away for so long that coming back, things had kind of grown past me or grown on without me, and that I wasn't necessary to this equation, to this, this functioning anymore where I was. And it bothered me a lot to think that I wasn't needed necessarily. And I mean, part of that's kind of true. It really is. Because you got to think about someone like me in my position. You know, when you spend four years or so in college and you're kind of going out the door the friend group that you're with, people you connect with, especially especially if they're in a younger age bracket than you, they're going to be moving through life at a different pace. Everyone moves through life at a different pace. And especially in college. I mean, people are coming in, oh, they've only got one or two years under their belt. You know, I, I wasn't thinking of those things. I was thinking more about the relationships and the connections I was making and the people that I love spending time with, being with, and yet with my foot out the door, I'm at that precipice of moving on to something new, a new chapter, and they're still writing their last books there. The ones that I had already written, the ones that I had already completed, and I felt like here they are, still going on, still moving on, and it's, I think, because they know that I'm leaving, that that's coming, and that things have to go on without me, you know? 
when I talk about it now, it, like hearing myself say it out loud, it feels selfish. It feels like I'm perceiving the world as revolving around myself. Therefore, when I remove myself from the equation, how could things continue without me being there? But I mean, I don't know. If you think about it, we're all our own protagonists. We're all the centers of our own stories. And that's true for everybody. I mean, I like to think that I give a lot to people. But I don't... I don't necessarily give myself. You know? I don't, I don't give... I don't give a lot of my own vulnerabilities to people. That's what I should say, I think. That makes more sense to me. And so, with that being said, I feel like sometimes that makes me inconsequential. That makes me someone that's fun to know, but not someone that can be trusted, you know? Or, I've had this said to me on um, multiple occasions, actually, and this is still something that kind of hits me in my gut and bothers me a lot, in that I'm a very good listener, and that's something that I enjoy doing. I enjoy being there for people and listening, when not a lot of people do that, you know? But I, because I don't give back, because I don't give those vulnerabilities back, and I don't share things for myself, it's, it makes the people that I listen to feel like they're less than me or worse. And I've had people tell me that, that they don't like sharing things with me anymore because I don't share anything back. And it's just them griping about their problems. And even though it doesn't bother me at all, and I love being there, and that's what I want to do, and I'm fine with that, it still makes them feel like that's all they do with me, and that they're a burden. And I don't want that. I don't want them to feel that way. I don't... I wouldn't... would never want that, but... In order to fix that, that requires me to be the other half of the conversation. To be human and to be not okay. So, I don't know what it is with my self-image in regarding demonstrating that kind of a weakness. I don't know if it's not even really a weakness, because logically my brain goes, it's stronger to, to share something that is deeply troubling to you. To have the courage to do that is strength. And that's a million times over what I'd regurgitate right back to somebody else, because it's true. It is true. I know it's true, but I can't... I don't always have the easiest time bringing myself to swallow that medicine. And it's so frustrating to be in that moment and to think, 
God, I need, I should say something, but I don't even know what to talk about. It's almost like uh, my mind convinces myself that my problems aren't that bad, that they're not anything worth talking about, that really there's nothing I should be complaining about. Things are fine. My life's fine. But when I'm alone, those thoughts are still there. That's still part of me. And that's, that's fine. That's normal. But it's always to myself. It's always just to me. It's hard to express that. But I'm, I'm learning. I feel like I'm learning. Part of this is that. Part of thought crime, I think, is just being okay with that. Being okay with hearing myself say it out loud and not thinking that this is something that I'm trying to do to trap people into listening to my problems so that I can feel better about myself. It's not that. It's just I know that it's a necessary part of me helping other people feel comfortable getting closer to me. Because I do want that. I want that so badly, but it doesn't happen without effort on my part and work on my part. And trust. Trust is a huge, huge thing. Because I worry about going overboard. (laughs) I worry, you know, about being that person that's never done a thing for most of their lives. And then suddenly when I tell myself that it's okay to open up the floodgates, that it's just all out there all the time, no matter what. And then you look desperate. (laughs) And I don't want that either. There's, There's a balance. There's a balance like there is with everything, but... I think my mind always goes first to those people that are trying to one-up you with their problems. Where they're trying to make it seem like the things that they're struggling with are worse or bigger than yours. And I don't like those people. (laughs) Um, I don't want to be that either. Uh, And I'm afraid of doing that unintentionally and being perceived in that way. And that's kind of one of the things that's holding me back. Again, it all falls back onto to that self-image and to that way that I perceive myself and the way that I want others to perceive me. And it can become like a vice. It can become so tight around your neck that it doesn't want, doesn't want you to take risks or to share things for fear of what it might do to the relationship that you're trying to build. So, yeah, there's a lot of self-doubt and there's a lot of anxiety and fear and it can turn into depression and it can become this kind of lazy drudge through every day where you flip between reaching out to people too much and then not reaching out at all kind of on a dime because you want that connection you want that with somebody but then when you feel like you're reaching too much for it you got cut it off completely so I've been doing that a little bit of that um, I know I have 
Another thing that really gets me is this feeling of being on the outside of everything, on the outside of either social circles or professional circles or anything really, anything that generates this kind of group mentality. Being on the outside of that is hard. I don't know if it's true, but I know I know how I'm feeling about it. And because of that, I'm not able to really tell if it's just the way that I'm feeling, if it's something that I need to deal with and work on myself, or if it's really the case. And I guess what I mean by being on the outside is with what I do, there are plenty of kind of social circles that you can find yourself in when you're working on projects or doing things professionally. To be a part of a group is a thing. It's a big thing with with what I do, both with acting and the Performing Arts Center. And so when something like that ends, like when a show ends or when a class is over for a semester or you graduate, I find that that's the majority of where all of my biggest social interactions occur are in those environments, those settings. And that's a lot of where I generate the majority of my, uh, I guess, my happiness and my fulfillment, my social fulfillment is through that. So when that, when those things end, they inevitably do. I try to latch on to these, these relationships and continue them and continue building them outside of that. Finding ways to meet with people and to do things and to, to engage into something and have fun and keep that alive. But I am a terrible initiator at that. Just freaking, I'm so bad. <laughs> Maybe I'm being harder on myself than I need to be, but I don't know. It's it's not something that I don't think I'm very good at. Um, but I try regardless because of how much I want something. And I, you know, I sometimes I feel like that desperation kind of bleeds out into it. And maybe that's what creates this sort of subconscious aversion to doing something, you know? I don't know. But it just always falls back on feeling like I'm back on the outside again and everyone has their lives that they're living with the people that they're living them with and they care about. And unless there is a reason to interact with me, like we're a part of a group or a project or something, then there's not many people who want to do something with me. God, I hate saying, I hate hearing that. I hate hearing myself say that. Because again, I feel like, I feel selfish. <laughs> I feel like, I, sh I feel like I shouldn't feel that people are obligated, should be obligated to, to hang out with me or want to spend time with me, you know? But it's, 
towing that line between self-care and self-respect and self-confidence, but not being a douchebag, you know, <laughs> something like that. And uh, that just kind of contributes again to me being reclusive. So I'll go back um, to learn how to be alone again, to be with myself, which remark I can do remarkably well on most days. Um, but then I busy myself with projects that I usually never really get around to or finish. And I was worried that this might be one of those things that I wanted to do, but ended up never doing, which is why tonight of all nights, I said, screw it. I'm going to start recording something. And whether I like it or not, I need to just create something. I need to get something out there because I need to get these things out of my head. I need to get them out of my head and onto something tangible that I can process better. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, it's not the people that I'm with, I think, when I think about it logically. I, I feel like there are people in my life that do care about me. I do. Even if in the times of quietness, it feels like they'd rather do something else or talk to someone else than me. I've never not believed that people care. But there are days when it feels like that I want to make other people a priority, but that always isn't reciprocated to the same degree. And that hurts. It hurts. And I feel like maybe sometimes it's of no fault to any of the other people that I try to reach out to. Life's busy, you know? Everyone's got different stuff going on. I, I get that. I just... I know what it is to have to make time for someone. And it doesn't always feel like that happens with me or for me. So that kind of all factors back into self-image in some fashion, into this kind of like where your mind starts to attack you in ways and you think, well, what is it about myself that's lacking? What is it about me that isn't interesting? I mean, I have... <laughs> and and that's another part of my self-image, too, is just finding myself interesting. I've never really done that. Or I've never seen that. I've had people tell me, you know, that different things I do surprise them. You know? Um, and to me, I feel like I feel like I'm pretty boring, honestly. It's, I'm sure a lot of people would struggle with that feeling 
I mean, I've talked with people who thought they've been boring, and yet to me, they're the most fascinating people in the world. I mean, I love people and getting to know people and understanding different aspects of people and what makes them tick. And that fuels me as a person, inspires me, especially as an actor, to be able to understand just human dynamics. The, the good things and the ugly things, everything. I love that. I do. But kind of going back to, to that, me not sharing those vulnerabilities about myself, because of that, it, it makes me feel like I'm not an interesting person. And so I've had a, I had, when I first started in the Performing Arts Center, um, one of my acting instructors got kind of in my face with this aspect where <laughs> we were doing this kind of Meisner repeat and <laughs> she uh, tagged my partner out and told me flat out that I wasn't I wasn't giving anything I wasn't I wasn't being vulnerable and I wasn't allowing my partner to pick up on anything I was guarded I was closed I was safe and it was uninteresting and from an acting perspective yeah no one wants to watch that if you can't read a person you can't empathize but I feel like that's followed me in life a lot and I think people I feel like I'm really good at empathizing with people but they're not good at empathizing with me because I don't give anything to that so, it's all, it's all a big circle. It's all connected in some way. And kind of self-image sits at the center of it. And everything else, all these other doubts and fears and confusion that kind of spin around. Which, if you ever go back and take a look at the logo that I made for the podcast, that's exactly what I was envisioning when I made it is everything emanates from that one thought you have about something and it all kind of circles around it and it surrounds you and it can be both beautiful but it can also be suffocating and drowning and it's big it's always such a big feeling even if it's something small it feels big because it's emanating from inside of you this is gonna be a lot of what it is honestly if you haven't already figured that out it's thought crime has always just been me rambling uh, but as a video I would edit it down to I think eight minutes was the longest I ever let one get maybe don't quote me on that though because that probably could be wrong <laughs> but I mean as a, as a podcast I just figured I would give more of a long form version of that concept and really just be as unfiltered and as unedited as possible I'm kind of starting to approach this 30 minute mark and I think now would be a good time to break out some of these questions that I had some people send in to me. Uh, a little while back, I posted this thing on Facebook asking my 
friends on social media, either anonymously or not, to send in questions about the topic of self-image. So, for the sake of the podcast and to protect identities, I will keep everyone anonymous, regardless of whether or not it was sent to me anonymously. So, um, first up, I've got a question here that says, what defines self-image and is it even really important? That's a, that's a fun question, actually, because self-image... I think self-image, well, here we go. Let's just, let's start with this. Let's actually see what the definition of self-image is, and then we'll go from there. Self-image is the idea one has of one's abilities, appearance, and personality. I would say it's pretty accurate. Um... To me, at least, that's what I think of when I hear self-image. It's just one's perception of oneself. You know, in my case, it's just how I perceive myself. And creating this mental image of who I am. And I use that image sometimes when I'm thinking about where I am in life currently. And how I look, how I act. What, what's interesting about me? What, what are things about me that people would want to be around or get to know? That's kind of how I think of and use self-image. And a lot of that sometimes gets dashed when I watch recordings of myself and go, ooh, that's, that's what I look like. That's how I walk or that's how I carry myself. That's not at all what I had thought. So... Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people that struggle with that, with watching recordings of themselves, and kind of who you see in your head, your self-image is definitely not what gets recorded or taken pictures of, or, I, I mean, one of the things that I hate the most is just how I smile, um, and, like, the corners of my mouth specifically are, like, permanently turned down, <laughs> And that's, that's like, to to me, that's like killer. That's like, oh my, oh my God. Like, it's so important to me to like have to have this really good smile because that's marketable. That's, I mean, good Lord. Like, that's the one thing Disney wants to see from you when you go to your auditions for them is they want you to just stand and give a big smile and they want to see you showing your teeth that's what they want because that something about that it builds trust it builds empathy it builds a better experience when someone's just got a really freaking killer smile and you're like i feel like i can ask you where the bathrooms are and i won't be judged for it you know like it's just something they look for it's what they want it's that disney look and it just bothers me that every time i show my teeth i feel like it looks like i'm just smelling something bad I don't know like it just never feels genuine so anyways I'm digressing now on self-image but anyway that that's that's what it means to me and that's kind of how I define it as to whether or not it's important I mean I in the grand scheme of things no 
logically? No. Because how other people perceive me shouldn't matter. It shouldn't have any effect on how I perceive myself and how much I care for myself. I know that. I know that ultimately it's my opinion of myself that matters the most when dealing with how I am emotionally and how I project outwards. And yet, self-image is still so vitally important to me because because of, I, I would say in part, the profession that I'm going for, the career that I want, is all about perception and first impression and how well you can project the absolute complete package of yourself in just a small amount of time. You only have so much time to convince somebody that you are worth it, that you are interesting, and that's never going to change about what I do. But how much that affects me and how much that bleeds into my personal life is up to me, and that's difficult to say because it's difficult to control, but it's true. It's something that shouldn't matter so much to me, but it has to matter, but not in a very personal way. But in a professional way, it should. So separating those two things in my mind is difficult. Now, if I had to strip that away, if I had to take away the acting and the auditioning and all that stuff and just think of self-image in the way that it relates to my life and whether or not it's important, to me it still is because I want to project that kind of warmth that feeling of trust, that empathy, and to be able to have that so that I can make those genuine connections. And I know that that's, when I really think about it, that's not something that I have to worry about because if I'm just being myself, those things will happen. But I sometimes feel like in my entire life, I've only ever been able to know a large number of people to a certain surface degree. And that with those few people that I really start to get to know deeper and understand better, I, I either drift apart from them or away from them after some time, or I feel myself, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like I become too much or that I cling too hard to something because of that fear of losing a person or losing something in my life that I've grown very fond of or very used to or comforted by. So self-image to me becomes extremely important because I very much want to control if I'm too much or if I'm not enough. And it shouldn't matter that much. I should just be me. But I worry that being me is too much. Or not enough, depending on the situation. I, I, I fluctuate based on just 
how I feel about myself, I suppose. So, hopefully that answered something that you're going for. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> but that's that's the best I can come up with. I got another one here, though. Um, and this one is... How do I accept myself and who I am, but still grow? That is a brilliant question. Because, especially in this day and age, we, we talk a lot about loving yourself and accepting who you are and, you know, like, meet yourself where you're at, accept your flaws and your faults and be okay with that and that that's part of you and it's fine, you know? It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just the qualities that make you human, right? And that's lovely. That's all well and good. But we're also encouraging growth and we're encouraging you to go beyond and to subvert expectations and to to be more, you know, to be the best you that you can possibly be, right? So how do you do both? How can you accept yourself and yet grow? Because isn't isn't that desire to grow coming from doesn't it that that stem from not wanting to accept where you're at, the faults that you do have and to move past that? I feel like oh, that's so difficult. Oh, you're just breaking my brain with this. I feel like <laughs> I feel like you have to get you've got to start in one place before you can go to the next. You know, you have to open the you have to you have to acknowledge the room you're in before you can open the door to the next one, right? Or 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 even even more than that, you have to acknowledge say, "Hey, I'm in a room that has like no light. There's nothing in this darkness. It's pure darkness. I have to Except that this is where I'm at right now. And that's okay. But where do I want to be? Where would I like to be? What do I need to do to get to where I want to be? So you go stumbling through this dark room, searching for the door, and realize, Hey, that's right. I have a flashlight in my pocket. I should pull that out, and I should use that. And you do. And you find the door. And you open it, and you step into the new room. And now you're somewhere else. Um, and then you have to accept that where you are there. Is that where you want to be? Is that where you want to end up? Or do you want to keep pushing forward? So I think that maybe that's one way to look at it is thinking of it like that, you know? You can do both. You can accept who you are, but you can also desire to grow. There's nothing wrong with doing both. Um... Especially if, you know, like, for me, let me, let me take this personally then. Say, I'm accepting that I have a hard time with vulnerability. I have a hard time sharing those vulnerabilities with people so that they can empathize with me. I accept that aspect of myself. But I don't want to stay there. I want to grow past that. I want to move from that and I want to be better. I want to do better by other people. And I don't want to 
be that person that just listens to everything but doesn't give anything back because then it becomes a one-sided relationship. So that would be me wanting to step through that door. How, how to do that, you know, how to start that without sending that text or, you know, being that person that's like, I don't want to set up a meeting with somebody or hang out with somebody with the intention of like unloading tons of things on them because like, Hey, here for the last year or so that I've known you, I've never really talked about myself in this way, but I'm going to do it now because I want to grow. You know, I, I feel like that's too much. So there's that organic in between. There's that moment where it makes sense to step through that door. Well, I, I guess that kind of brings us back around full circle when you think about it. I mean, I started this whole piece talking about stepping through a door and kind of saying goodbye to this past version of yourself as you kind of crawl into this new new life, this new stage, this new chapter, whatever metaphor you want to use. That's where I'm at now. Maybe that's where you are. And it's okay to be there. It's common. It's complicated. But it's real. I've been seeing a lot of those posts on Facebook that talk about, you know, everyone's at their own pace. Everyone's doing life in their own rhythm. You know, you don't have to compare yourself to somebody else and feel like you should be further along or that you're moving too fast. It's your story. It's your pace. This is your time. And you will find those people that are functioning in your same timeline. Be with them. Talk to them. Understand them. Be vulnerable with them so that they can do that with you because that's that's what you need. And when I say you... Sometimes I feel like I'm just saying me, because I'm really talking to myself mostly. I mean, I'm talking to you, but I'm the one here in the room listening to all of this. And uh, that's kind of always what Thought Crime's been, is just the ramblings, you know? So, we're going to take all of this and package it together into this beautiful, beautiful little tape called self-image maybe we'll approach it again later see how we're coming along but for right now this is where i'm at and i'm okay with that and i'm ready to grow so thank you for joining me and no matter where you are in life right now no matter where you're at what you're going through thank you for listening that really means a lot to me to have you here to listen. And I really appreciate you. And you have just committed thought crime. <laughs>